Well, our feature for today's show is the husband and wife team who launched Tucson's first and only cider tap room, and they did so in the midst of a pandemic. Now, Fourth Avenue is known for its uh, one-of-a-kind bohemian vibe, so it's no wonder that Don Rubino chose to open his non-orchard-based cidery in this unique part of Tucson. Not only is this Tucson's first cider tap room, it's the only one of its kind. There's some others in the state and in the region, but in Tucson, we have nothing else. Well, Don and his wife, Jamie Perkunis, opened Bocker Bocker in the midst of the pandemic, and they've become quite popular for those seeking an alcoholic drink made by fermenting the juice of an apple. So how did they manage to open in a pandemic? How has their business been? How's the reception been on 4th Avenue? What on earth does Bocker Bocker even mean? Well, we sat down with Don and Jamie to answer all of these questions and more. Uh, my name is Don Rubino, um, founder and I guess owner of Bocker Bocker. Uh, we're sitting in our tap house right now. We're on 4th Avenue at the corner of 7th and 4th. And I'm Jamie Perkunis. I'm Don's wife. She doesn't have a title yet. She's working. I don't, on have, it. A, I don't have a title. I call myself the wife of the owner. So that's what I, because I'm not really sure what I do. I do a bunch of different Everything. Things. So, um, so uh, uh, owner slash do it all. That's. No, I call myself a default partner. Default, <laughs> default partner. Default okay. Partner. Well, and, and you, you mentioned Tap House. So immediately, with Tucson's reputation, that brings up craft beer, but that's not that's not what Bacher Bacher is focused on right now. You're a, you're a one of a kind shop in a in a uh, uh, that opened during a very one of a kind year. <laughs> Tell us about your product. Tell us about your concept. So we're a cider house. Uh, right currently, I think today we have 23 ciders on tap. Um, we you know we wanted to make things that were delicious, uh, people could enjoy. Uh, we're technically under the wine world versus the beer world. Um, beer is all grain-based. We're a fruit base. And so according to the federal government, we're a winery um, that specializes in cider. And it's, you know, it's been really fun to create the things that we do here. Uh, there we do, we have all different yeast that is happening. We've got all different flavors that we put into with our juice. Uh, we ferment everything without sulfates and nitrates. Uh, so all of our ciders are going to be considerably drier than a lot of the other commercial cider you find on tap. Uh, it's one of our biggest things is people come in and they're like, oh, you know, I'm nervous about cider. And it's like, mm, you should try our cider first. You know, currently we don't serve beer. So it'll be the husband or the wife that wants to come in and they bring their spouse with them. And they're like, oh, no, no, I'm a, I'm a beer person or I'm this. And it's like, well, you know, give us, give us a try. And that's one of my favorite things is to convert somebody who doesn't drink cider to, you know, leaving with cider. Just this past weekend, we had a couple come in and, you know, we're across the street from Chase Lounge. And, you know, they, they had a wait and they didn't necessarily want to wait in the wait. And so they came here. And they were like, well, you know, really not too fond of, you know, of cider, but you guys were open. And they ended up both leaving with to-go cans going, wow, this was really good. And uh, that makes me smile. And you 23 taps, those are all made on premise, correct? 
on-premise. We have 24 different fermenters that we, we run through, everything from five gallons to 180 gallons. Um, we, get, uh, we don't have an orchard or a non-orchard-based cidery. So we get bulk juice that's fermented, or not fermented, it's, it's actually unfermented, but it's pressed. Within two days of press, it's in a truck to be delivered here. Within three days of it leaving there, it goes into a fermenter and we process it all as soon as it shows up here and we just make all the different flavors and then it goes into a keg and some of the flavors come out right away some of the flavors are things we need to make more of like today i'm drinking the blueberry pomegranate which is a flavor that we've had since we opened and people seem to keep liking it so we keep making more um yep and and i when i was in there uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, Jamie was talking to me about your, your history, and this wasn't just something that popped up. You're like, oh, I like cider. I, uh, there's a history of, of, of brewing in your, in, your, in your past, correct? Correct. Um, probably six years ago, was it? Seven, six something years ago? No, um, no so. I was thinking of uh, the brewery. Oh, so before that, when we first met, which was in 2008. Yeah. Um, I had gone to his house and all he had was Sakai White and cans. And I had just asked if maybe he could upgrade to Blue Moon or Sam Adams or you know something. And then Don wants to cook. He, you know, has a I've Kate, I've cooked since I was in elementary school. And when we got married, he made all the food for our wedding and we made all the beers for our wedding. So I mean brewing beer was just one more opportunity for him to be creative. And so he started brewing beer and then also brewing cider. And, I guess making cider, not brewing cider, but um, so it's a base. And, and ciders, it's not just a uh, a label. I mean, there's a there's a whole uh, regulatory structure around cider using that word, right? <laughs> regulatory. That's a funny thing. Yes, there is one or fifty regulatories towards making cider. It's ABVness. It's the amount of apple. It's you know, there's all kinds of different things. The amount of bubbles that are in it. Um, we have a tendency to make stiller ciders. You know, some people call it flat. I prefer still. Um, there's not a whole lot of bubbles to fill you up or to get in the way of things. I feel that our ciders are really aromatic just on their own. Like we did a rosemary cider, I don't know, a while ago, and we just put it on tap and you could, you know, you could pick it up in the glass and it just wafted, you know, rosemary. Well, we're also doing, uh, I don't know if you had this when you were here, Tom, is the uh, nitros. We have three nitro ciders. And so the nitro mixture flattens the cider anyway. So it's really, it, it's actually, it makes it even more smooth and easier to drink and, you know, kind of makes it a little bit more creamy. So we have a cherry vanilla that's been probably the most popular. We had a PB&J we did with like peanut butter and grape jelly. And then we have like an apricot almond, which actually Casa Video is currently has on tap. Um, and we also do pecan pie. So it's been really fun to also play with like the nitros as well, which is in the beer world. And we have people come and say, we've never had a cider or nitro before. This is so cool, you know. You're that almost everybody that's a, a nitro cider. Um, I don't think I've ever had one. Um, I know there's a gentleman that comes in here that's had more cider than I could imagine. And he's like, yeah, this is something crazy and different. 
We are in the midst of our interview with Don Rubino and Jamie Perkunis. They are the owners of the uh, Bocker Bocker Cidery on 4th Avenue. After the break, we're going to hear about their opening, which was in the midst of a pandemic and how that's uh, impacted their business. But I want to remind you that you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio 99.1 FM and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. Get the app. Do what the man says. We are going to get back to our interview here with Don and Jamie from Bocker Bocker on 4th Avenue and hear their story about opening up in the midst of a pandemic. Well, let's talk a little bit about courage, uh, not the liquid courage, but the actual courage, because you, you, you've planned this for a while and your launch date was in the midst of uh, 2020. And a few yeah. things kind of went sideways on you, but you still managed to get this thing open. I knew that I was going to end up uh, doing a lot of the work. And once everything happened, then we ended up doing most of the work. Jamie got to learn how to tile. That's part of the deep, the default partner that you are. Uh, yes. Again, that's why like, I don't think I can cap, you know, encapsulate my, my title because there's so much that comes into it. And it was scary. It was really scary. You know, it was like, well, when are things going to happen? Because there was a point we were still building that everything was shut down. But we signed a lease that people have chuckled at, at the amount, you know, at the amount of, right, we signed a 10-year lease for the building. And people were like, wow, really? And it was like, yeah, you know, and at the point where everything shut down, we had already torn out all the floors. We had already put in all the underground infrastructure. We had the, you know, the HAVAC was going in already. It was, you know, we were, we were in it to, to win it at that point and there was no turning back and if people are familiar with the area you're right on the corner of fourth and it's it's seventh right you're on the corner right. of seventh and i can i can look up and see the hippie gypsy and so the shop that you took over is right on the corner and that was a fairly uh substantial retail outlet that, that had a completely different layout I and mean, when you walk into your store uh, to your shop versus that store it's it's hard to, to even imagine what it was before before so the remodel well, if you want to see how it was before we actually have we did a lot of instagram videos so if you go back to if you go to our instagram account at walker walker cider you can scroll all the way back to the beginning because our first coming six to eight months of our instagram account is the build-up <laughs> was construction we lost a few followers because they were like where's the cider you know because we're just showing the chain you know oh, look at we did this you know he was definitely put in a lot of sweat sweat equity and and, um, you know, was here all the time. So when did you get the doors open? Labor Day weekend is when we opened for the tap room. But even then, like we, so we did cans to go and we didn't really realize how many people were looking forward to us coming because we only had like 110 followers on Instagram and Facebook. So when we posted that we were doing to-goes and we sold out of cans in two weekends. We were like, wow, we weren't, we, <laughs> we had no idea that that was going to happen. And then we opened up, but when we opened up for Labor Day, all we, and everything else was opening up as well, like that same weekend. And all we had were our, we did reservations, we did reservations but all we had were our taster glasses. So all we could do was flights that weekend. And we sold out of flight, you know, flight night reservations and, 
Um, so it was, yeah, it was, I think we were both surprised at how many people have, were cheering us on behind the scenes that we didn't even know. Well, it's, a, it's definitely a community project at that point. You're, uh, you've got the, uh, the well-wishers all, all wanting this to be successful. Because this is the only cider specialty house in, in the area, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, for sure, Tucson proper. So having a place then that can can create these ciders locally, that, that's a that's a rare treat for Tucson. Yes. Well, and it's fun too, because we have we like doing lots of different flavors. So I have a list right now of like 98 different flavors. Of how many? 98. Oh my god. Uh, but we have people who want, you know, we tell people let us know what you want and we can do a five-gallon batch and see how it goes. A couple of things that people I know are gonna ask is I I I had to research this a little bit. The, the, the name and this fascination that you have with chickens. Tell me more about this. Uh, Jamie was getting eggs at the market and was like six, $7 a dozen. And I was a little out of my comfort zone. So ended up, I did the math and it was easier or I guess less expensive to get chickens at the house. I got to hang out with them and I would, once or twice got caught in the chicken coop bockering with them and i decided that it was a fun name and <laughs> how has fourth avenue, how's fourth avenue been treating you i mean are they, are they, welcome with open arms oh yeah the coalition from the fourth well the fourth avenue merchants association has been over the top from the get-go They've been really trying to help out the best they can. They've promoted us on their own pages. Um, we've befriended a few of the people around us and they've been really helpful. We've, you know, asked advice and people have shared it. It's been, you know, we haven't had really anyone not kind of steel table that, you know, has been like, oh, Barker Barker, they're the new people and we're not going to talk to them. If I remember correctly, Jamie, you said you're selling it in other locations. It's uh, a couple of local shops are selling it. We're at, yeah, we're, right now we're at um, five different locations. And um, we're at Casa Video, Portland, Marine. Top Shop, uh, Ale House. Went, yeah, Arizona Beer House. Hotel McCoy. And, um, we just actually got to Parker Pastry, too. Oh, so okay. the one on Campbell. So I'm really excited about that. Your website, does that list where they can get your product? Absolutely, yeah. So we have it listed um, on our website. We'll be adding Hotel McCoy, too, is just as soon as they put us on tap there. And then we have a few other places that we're still trying to, you know, at, you know, let them know that, what, that we have available kegs and things like that. So it's been great. I mean, the community support has been not only from the patrons who are coming in, but the other other businesses has just like Casa Video came right to us within like a week of opening and said, hey, we want to carry your stuff. And, you know, Trevor, who's who's the person who we worked with, has been wonderful. And Borderlands, the same. They brought a video crew in and did a little video shoot about us. And So the website is it's it's BakerBaker.com, B-A-W-K-E-R, repeated.com. We'll, yep. we'll, of course, link to that in, in, uh, from our Life Along the Streetcar Facebook page in case people want to get there. Um, we'll find your Instagram page, uh, Facebook, and of course, people just walking around on Fourth Avenue. What? Uh, it's January 2021. What are your What are your expectations for hours right now? Uh, currently, we're Thursday through Sunday, and we open in kind of the afternoon until 
10 noon-ish on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we open at 2, a little bit earlier for people till 10, 11-ish, and then on Sunday, we're open from noon to 6. And it doesn't really behoove us to open, you know, more days during the week. Um, but if people keep coming in and say, hey, you know, we would really love for you to be open on Wednesday and we're going to bring all 20 of our friends, then, you know, we might open on Wednesdays and groups of six. Yeah. I'm going to check the website before you head out there and, and make sure it's up to date. And I was just, I just pulled it up and I was looking at it. Uh, you have a unique uh, trade-in program. You can bring in some of your old growlers. Yeah. We decided there was enough glassware in the world um, and we didn't need to buy more glass just to put it into onto people's shelves and have it sit there. And so what we're doing, like you said, is we're allowing people to bring in their own growler and then we exchange it for one that we've already sanitized and cleaned. And then we put our little our keg tape on it that has our logo and then we send it home with you. That's something that long lines of what we like to stand by. We do a lot of recycling when we put the project, the build out together as well. A lot of the stuff we got, we did, we made a purposeful um, attempt to make it recycled. Well, I, I think that's uh, probably another reason why the community is so welcoming to you, the intentionality of that. What haven't we talked about? What's something that, that uh, we, we should be covering that, that has not come up yet? Uh, you can pre-order cans and whatnot on our website. Um, that way people, you know, don't have to go into the establishment. We do a curbside delivery. Good. We have a parking spot right on seven um, that's for pickup. And our, our tap room is really spacious. It's quite a large tap room. Mm -hmm. And so we're really able to do a good job of keeping people, um, you know, nice and spread out and um so there's plenty of room um but we really you know do a really good job as far as i think letting you know having people feel comfortable when they're here don rubino the uh chicken rancher general contractor yeah and cider maker and the default partner uh, jamie Perkunis, who got him from tecate light to tucson's first cider taproom yeah Quite a story. Thanks for your time. And uh, I look forward to watching your success. Thank you so much. Yeah, one of the nice things when you go into Bacher Bacher is that typically Jamie or Don are working. So uh, you get a chance to chat with the superstars that got this project going. My name is Tom Heath and you are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio 99.1 FM and available for streaming on downtownradio.org.